Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Usual, but smiling in embarrassment as scout after scout, clustering about him, slapped him on the shoulder. A few noticed that Gary smiled and applauded, but kept to his seat. Hurrah for Tom Slade, they called again and again. Mr. Ellsworth, with difficulty, continued, and to lead them up into that wilderness over yonder, because he could not sit down, tired and travel-worn as he was, while someone lay dying. Just a minute, scouts. Listen, and I'll be through. These things are all to his credit, to the credit of his patrol, of his troop, of the whole scout family, here in this beloved land of ours. But when I think of Tom Slade, as I often do, he added, smiling oh so pleasantly at Tom, I think not only of how he raised himself out of dirt and mischief to this noble level where you see him, but of how he went back into the byways and found these boys who now form his splendid patrol. I tried to get Connie Bennett and failed. Laughter. I made a stab for the celebrated Bronson twins. Nothing doing. They were too busy ringing other people's doorbells. Laughter. I made a grandstand play for others, but was turned down hard. Why? Because it takes a boy to recruit a boy. So all of you scouts pack that little fact down in the corner of your duffel bags and take it home with you. If every scout secured a scout, where there are 10,000 now, there would be 20,000, and where there are 500,000, there would be a million. I ask every scout here to stand up, and as he gives three cheers for Tom Slade, scout maker, to resolve that he will make at least one scout before he comes here another summer. And now three cheers for the Elk Patrol on its second birthday, and three cheers for Tom Slade, and three cheers for the Eighth Scout, whoever and wherever he may be, who before another summer shall make the Elk Patrol complete as well as honored. Back across the still bosom of Black Lake again and again the cheers reverberated, drowning the closing words of Mr. Elworth's speech. Pee Wee Harris, standing on the seat, waved his scarf and shouted himself hoarse. Roy, with the announcement megaphone, called, Oh, you told my soul. Raymond Hollister clapped his hands. Spooch, spooch, speak a spooch, called Roy. Tom, with his face scarlet, shook his head as Mr. Ellsworth looked at him, and the scoutmaster held up a staying hand in sympathy with his embarrassment. He says he'd rather eat, he said. Three cheers for the eats, shouted Roy irrepressibly. 
The eats, after being uproariously cheered, were forthwith assailed until there was nothing left of them, and all agreed that the meal beat the regulation Temple Camp Sunday dinner twenty ways, and that was saying a great deal. And now, said Mr. Ellsworth, since this celebration originated in the fertile brain of the renowned leader of the Silver Foxes, wait, give them a chance to cheer me, interrupted Roy. I think it is my duty to put the balance of the program into his able hands. Excuse me while I blush, said Roy. There are, I believe, a few remembrances, and these it shall be his pleasure to bring forward. I present to you, he added, smiling, the most silvery fox of them all, Roy Blakely. Why pick on me, said Roy. I thought I was going to be the buttered toastmaster, but it seems I'm going to be the souvenir slinger. I should worry. I go where duty calls, and I wouldn't run after any job, especially if it's a good runner. Scouts and sprouts, he continued, with a sly glance at Pee-wee. Now you're supposed to say, Hear, hear! Hear, hear! they called laughingly. I thank you. There are several things for the Honorable Tomaso Slade, otherwise known as Thomas the Silent, or Sherlock Nobody Holmes of Bridgeboro, N.G. Tomaso Slade is a homemade scout, I mean a self-made scout, and he's made so's he can't smile. He was beginning to smile, however. The first present is from his boyhood's friend, Roy Blakely. That's me. And it is intended to make him laugh. He handed across the table a turkey feather with a bow of ribbon tied about it. And this, he added, lifting the huge elk's head to the board and smiling at Tom's surprise, is from Mr. Rushmore. Its history, by Mr. Rushmore himself, is writ, wrought, wrote, on that piece of paper tied to the horns. Tom lifted the panel with the noble head and magnificent antlers, and as the boys crowded about him, he could only look toward Jeb with his eyes swimming. That's all right, Tommy, smiled Jeb, as pleased as Tom himself. The cat's collar belt was handed over amid much laughter, and various other small tokens, some humorous, and all of a kind easily made or procurable in the woodland community. The wireless set almost knocked Tom off his feet, and when it was followed by the bugle with the Elk Patrol names engraved upon it, he was overwhelmed. Thomas Slade, William Bronson, Theodore Bronson, Conover Bennett, George O'Connor, Charles O'Connor, Wade Van Ester. He blinked as he gazed at the highly polished metal, at the names which had meant labor and long effort for him and which bespoke his success. His hand almost shook as he fumbled the silken tassel of the beautiful instrument, and the familiar names upon it seemed like fifty names wrought into an intricate design. "'That's all right, Tom,' said Mr. Ellsworth, smiling and placing a reassuring hand on his shoulder. "'They understand.' But it was Roy who came to his rescue, as he had done more than once before, and saved him further embarrassment. "'Blow it, Tommaso,' he said. "'Maybe you can blow up your other recruit, if you blow loud enough.' "'Sure, maybe it'll be like the shot heard round the world,' said Pee-wee. "'Or like the music of old Ichabod Crane, which they say is still heard in Sleepy Hollow,' said Mr. Ellsworth. 
Perhaps it will be heard months hence. Blow for him anyway, said Roy. He'll come some day, you can bet. And we'll all wish it at the same time while you're blowing, Tom. Go ahead. Tom raised the bugle to his lips, laughing, and as he blew lustily, the echo of its attenuated final note was borne back with the refreshing night breeze, like a faint answer in the encompassing hills. He is here, said an impassive voice. They all stood staring, the scouts still at their places, and those clustered about Tom, and saw Gary Everson standing in his place in the characteristic attitude which was familiar to them all one hand on his hip, the other in his pocket. As they stared at him, Geoffrey Waring, gulping nervously, rose from his seat and stood beside him for a second. Then, at Gary's nod, he moved around to Tom's side. "'Tell him your name,' said Gary, smiling. "'They'll want it for the bugle, you know.' "'My name is Harry Stanton,' he said, hesitatingly but seriously. And you fellows, said Gary quietly, had better take him home to his mother and father before you make any other plans. I'm not going to do your work for you. I've done my part. It's for you to take him back. May I look at that bugle? But Tom did not hand him the bugle. He stood rooted to where he stood, staring like an idiot. Someone stooped and picked up the bugle, which had fallen to the ground. End of chapter 10